This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. The Capital One Venture X business card earns unlimited double miles on every purchase. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms and conditions apply. Find out more at CapitalOne.com slash VentureXBusiness. Live from NPR News in New York City, I'm Dua Lisa Kautau. At The Hague in the Netherlands, the United Nations' highest court didn't order Israel to end its military campaign, but it ruled that Israel must do all it can to prevent death, destruction, and acts of genocide in Gaza. The landmark case was brought to the International Court by South Africa. Given uh, the urgency of the need to protect innocent uh, civilians uh, in Palestine and to ensure that uh, the harm that South Africa has referred to in the case it brought before the ICJ, that that harm uh, is addressed and that people's lives are saved. That South African Foreign Minister Naleda Pandor, after the judgment, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu released a statement saying the genocide allegations against his country are not only false, it's outrageous. A Manhattan federal jury has ordered former President Donald Trump to pay $83 million to columnist E. Jean Carroll for defaming her. NPR's Jimena Bustia reports. Judge Lewis Kaplan ruled even before the trial that Trump had in fact defamed Carol when he called her a liar over her allegations of sexual assault. Carol, who's an advice columnist, argued on the stand that his statements hurt her reputation as a trusted source. The jury only had to decide how much Trump owed her, not if he was liable. This is the second time Trump has been ordered to pay Carol. Last year, he was mandated by a jury to pay $5 million for a separate instance of defamation. The jury's decision comes just days after Trump, the Republican presidential frontrunner, won the New Hampshire primary. Jimena Bustillo, NPR News, Washington. Late Friday, Carol released a statement saying this is a great victory for every woman who stands up when she's been knocked down. Joe Biden's presidential campaign manager traveled to Michigan Friday to meet with community leaders. But as NPR's Ozma Khalid reports, some Arab Americans refused to meet with her because of the president's policies in the Middle East. Michigan has an outsized Arab American population that has been particularly frustrated by the president's unwillingness to call for a ceasefire in Gaza, despite the high civilian death toll. Biden's campaign manager, Julie Chavez Rodriguez, met with some Arab Americans in the state, but one key meeting was called off. Asad Turfi, the deputy county executive for Wayne County, said he had been asked to organize a meeting of local leaders and elected officials, but people did not want to come. I made the ultimate decision to cancel the meeting in the best interest of the community. A source familiar with the meetings said Chavez Rodriguez also met with Latino and black leaders in Michigan. Asma Khalid, NPR News. On Wall Street, stocks finished mixed. You are listening to NPR News from New York. Former New Orleans District Attorney Harry Connick Sr. has died at the age of 97. From member station WWNO, Bob Pavlovich reports his career was dogged by questions over whether his office withheld evidence that favored defendants. Harry Connick Sr. was first elected in 1973 when he defeated then-incumbent DA Jim Garrison. 
He won re-election four times before retiring in 2003. Connick was known for his tough stance on crime, but his prosecutor's tactics were often questioned. In a 2011 Supreme Court ruling in a lawsuit filed by an exonerated death row inmate, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg called Connick's attitude deliberately indifferent. As a community activist, Connick created a program to help those arrested for crimes with substance abuse. Connick would also sing at local clubs while he was the New Orleans' top prosecutor. He and his musician's son, Harry Connick Jr., helped start the Mardi Gras Crew of Orpheus Parade in 1993. For NPR News, I'm Bob Pavlovich in New Orleans. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan Jake Sullivan is in Bangkok, where he met with Thailand's Prime Minister Surita Tawisin. According to a readout of that meeting from the U.S. Embassy, both sides discuss expanding collaboration on trade and investment, as well as broadening security cooperation in the region. Sullivan was expected to meet China's Foreign Minister Wang Yi in Bangkok, too, but details of that talk have not yet been made public. You are listening to NPR News from New York. I'm Duali Sai Kao Tao.